Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies, three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. For the past eight years, RDL Construction LLC has been servicing the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland markets, specializing in the installation of exterior and interior metal framing, drywall, acoustical ceilings, doors, and hardware, along with bathroom accessories and FRP. Check them out. Their website is RDL Construction LLC. Dot com. Today's guest is someone I was looking forward to really having on the show. He's involved with one of the largest development projects in Philadelphia right now that was four years in the making. And before I get into the specifics on that or where he currently is, let me introduce him. Brian Emmons, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, man. I was really looking forward to it, to talk shop. Yeah, man. It's interesting just going through, you know, doing a little research on your path and your history. We actually graduated the same year, 1997. Yeah, man. Where, where, where'd you go? Temple. Temple University. Temple. Lo- okay. lo- yeah. Local here in Philly. Yeah. You went to Purdue University. Good school. Big 10. The Boilermakers. Yeah. yeah. When I was there, was, there were 10 schools and I think there's like 17 now or <laughs> they were talking about changing what big 12 or they're still big 10 though right or how many schools yeah, are still big 10 but you know then we added uh, penn state and uh, rutgers and well, rutgers in maryland yeah yeah that's right crazy that's right you took up uh construction management that sounds familiar you have a bs in that and then you after college you started with is it link management incorporated yeah. Yeah, well, Link Management was a company uh, that I started with while I was a sophomore at Purdue. Um, a gentleman I worked for, Tom Walter, uh, left the largest general contractor in our our town, started his own owner's rep construction management uh, company, and I was his first employee. Uh, I tell people all the time that, you know, one of the greatest, I really think, uh, things that I learned from day one is like there is no task too trivial for anyone. So when I started, I was in college, didn't know anything. I answered the phone, I uh, did the filing, mm-hmm. I toured every job site, I had a, a tape, I, I mapped out existing buildings, I took the meeting minutes, distributed them, I wrote mm-hmm. every single contract, every scope of work, did every schedule. I cleaned the office, you know, I did everything. And, you know, I think, you know, learning young in the business and having the ability to do everything 
mm-hmm. is, is, you know, where everybody should start because it really, you know, gets you headed in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. Now learning the business inside and out, all the nuts and bolts. Yeah. That so sounds that, very yeah, familiar. Yeah. So that job actually, after I graduated from college, uh, I worked for Tom for a couple of years and that was going really well. And then I, you know, was seeing all these salespeople making a ton of money. And I was like, I like these guys aren't even really very good at selling. And I thought I was like, I had a, you know, I, I had a path there. Mm-hmm. I had an uncle that had a manufactured rep business and I got a job um, working for a menu. I left link for like two and a half year, three years. Okay. To um, work for a company called Upernor Wurzbo. They, they produce PEX piping that you see in residential homes. You know, in this old house, you see Bob Vila running radiant floor heating systems in this plastic tubing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that was all Wurzbo. So um, I got a job uh, training contractors and engineers how to design and install radiant floor heating systems and using it for uh, potable plumbing systems. So. That was all great and dandy until two years later. I, I, I realized that being on the road five days a week was not very, you know, uh, let's just say overrated and not very good for a, a family life. So um, yeah. I made the decision. I went back to Link and was there for another couple of years and basically running the company and discussed a buyout scenario. And um, we didn't end up pursuing that. And I took a job with Toll Brothers. America is a luxury home builder and uh, Toll Brothers moved me from Indiana to Naples, Florida. I was down there for three years. It's all the good, the bad and the ugly. And then mm-hmm. Florida, you know, I, I like to tell people you, you see the big short when they talk about the housing crisis and, you know, the crazy things that were happening down there. Well, I lived through that. And uh, I also saw the other side. There's another, I think, uh, another movie called 99 Homes. And that's sort of from the different perspective, not the financial sector, but from a person, uh, a family that actually lost their home and were trying to, you know, find their path back to uh, financial stability after that. I saw all of that. And then uh, Toll Brothers moved me to Philadelphia where we met years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was with Toll until 2016, 2017. 2017 is what is what I'm seeing here. You were with Toll for about 12 years, correct? Yeah. Started with uh, Toll in 2005, left early 2016 or 2017. Mm-hmm. Really started, uh, left, I was starting my own business. And the project of Laurel, which I'm working on now, you know, I had reached out to Southern Land Company when they acquired the property because I had previously been trying to acquire the same piece of real estate. Uh, for toll. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to develop it and, you know, either partner or buy a portion of the property from Southern land. And um, they asked me to come on and, you know, help develop the project. So here we are, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you, you see it right there on, on my wall. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing project, 48 stories right on Rittenhouse square, 65 condominiums, 185 apartments, 40,000 square foot of class A commercial space. We're going to have the first Equinox Fitness Center in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, all, all literally, uh, I like to refer to Rittenhouse Square as oceanfront property. You know, this project is really extraordinary. There's, there's not going to be another project like it. It's gorgeous from what I've seen. And, and my, uh, 
previous employer is uh, building it, which is interesting. Yeah. So you've been working with them for uh, for some time. So how's the project going? Is it on schedule? You know, uh, considering that we went through a pandemic and we lost about six weeks, we are. Um, yeah, we're, awesome. We're, we're a little behind where we would like to be, obviously. No matter, you know, how, how the schedule is going, you, you want to push mm-hmm. it. But things are good. I was just on site. We poured the 28th floor floor slab today. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be doing one floor slab every three days at this point. Okay. The window walls up to floor 18, which is pretty exciting. So um, we're doing one window wall floor about every four days. So uh, the window wall is chasing, uh, chasing the project, uh, the concrete up the building. And, you know, on the fifth floor, we, we're hanging drywall. So, so uh, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Definitely, especially a, a project of that magnitude. What's the total project value? Just was curious. Where where, where are you at currently? Project cost is about four four hundred million dollars. Gotcha. When it's all said and done, we believe the value will be closer to you know five hundred million. Yeah. Have you been dealing with uh, material increases at all with everything that's going on? Yeah, we locked in. Uh, we locked in our pricing about uh, two years ago. Uh-huh. So we are trying to uh, hold off any price increases. Man-made products from China. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing some tariff issues there, but yeah, you know these concrete and steel buildings when you contract them and you secure, you know, firm pricing, we're locked in. Locked in. Yeah. Yeah. The re- the residential. Well, uh, wood frame construction right now is seeing some huge increases. Mm-hmm. That's a little different. Yeah, with yeah. the dimensional lumber, for sure. Yeah, man. No, good stuff. I was just thinking, where did we meet? Was it was it uh, 2008, 2009 during the Phillies uh, World Series? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think so, I, too. I, I think we met at a Phillies game. We had mutual friends, ended up in the, yeah. uh, the, the stage. I know it was our friends in the business, yeah. I was just trying to remember where it was. Might have been in one of those games. Those were good times. Uh, you know, uh, looking strong this year. I hope, they, I hope we're going to be back there. They are looking good, man. <laughs> I was like yeah. saying, they're going to be undefeated now. They look really good. Uh, pitching has uh, stepped up this year. And, man, they got a lineup from one yeah. to nine. You don't want to face any of them as a pitcher. Nope. Now, good stuff. Sixers as well. This is, this is going to be a, a fun year. Back to COVID nineteen. What other impacts have you have you seen at all? You know, in 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 the development world, in the construction world, if, if you could just dive into that a little bit. So, COVID nineteen has really changed, you know, core center city dramatically. Um, we're seeing things open up, but for a good solid twelve months, there were you know people were staying home. They were staying out of the city. For the first yeah. six months, you know, I remember I, I came home from Florida and quarantined for six weeks at my house. Part of the laurel, I explained, was condominiums. And condo sales, um, you know, people, we couldn't have anybody in the office. And if, you know, once we could have people in the office, there was a lot of people that were still not comfortable and venturing out of their homes. So sales really slowed down for us. You know, the great thing is we went to the market with uh, 20% pre-sales anyway. So we weren't, you know, in a desperate need for any sales. So we were able to weather the storm and traffic has really, really picked up. But it's slowing down construction a little bit. You know, you look at the man lift. Um, we can only have five guys in the man lift right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, because the operator's in there. 
typically we could have 12 to 16. So just getting materials and men in and out of a building right now, we've got, you know, 350 to 400 men in the building. And when they all get in the man lift, you know, you've Mm got to face them out. So it's, it's slowing down construction permitting again, slow down the first 90 days. I want to say the good thing is I'd like to pat the, the, the folks at, you know, Philadelphia city planning and LNI on the back because they all went home and they didn't have computers and they didn't know when they were going to be back yeah. to work and yeah. they, they had to figure it out and they've done so. So they were all remote. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun to see everybody adapt because all of these meetings that we used to have in person now, I think everybody's being more efficient and they're spending mm-hmm. less time on the road. They're being more productive. So while we were, we saw some lags and some slowdowns in other uh, parts of our business, it was really fun to see other parts of our business really find a way to streamline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've seen that too. And driving into the city, you know, something you touched on with uh, the man lifts, some of those lines driving by some of the big projects, you know, going, going to my projects, you see that line wrapping around the building, you know, the guys have to go up and like you said, you know, much smaller, you know, amount of men going up. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So just to, just wanted to go back. Like, why construction? What led you to going that path? Uh, I get asked that question a lot, and it's sort of, sort of funny because growing up, my father was a union carpenter. And he worked, uh, you know, union carpenter when he got home from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And then he got a job at Eli Lilly. And uh, he worked at Eli Lilly, the pharmaceutical company, three days on, three days off. Well... In order to make ends meet back in the 70s, on his three, day, three days off at Lilly, he was still a union carpenter. And, you know, he learned a set of skills that, you know, he could do anything. Mm-hmm. And my parents started buying apartments. So, you know, when I was five years old, six years old, my parents were taking us to these apartments that my dad was doing stuff. So, you know, I've been around construction literally since I can remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up, you know, we painted, we hung the drywall, we ran, you know, redid electrical. We we would gut, completely gut, like apartment buildings that needed redone. We'd redo the bathrooms, we'd redo the kitchens. And I was helping my dad. And, you know, I sort of got started that way. And then I, when I was in high school, a friend of mine that was a, my, co- my older cousin, I my cousin Bill, he's 10 years older than me. He had this buddy, Scott or I'm sorry, Kevin Insko, Kevin called me up one day. He's like, Hey, you know, I know I'm 10 years older than you, but I remember, you know, you being around construction. He's like, uh, I work for a construction company. Uh, you want a summer job? I was like, well, sure. How much do you pay? He's like, well, this is a, it's a prevailing wage job. It's like $39 an hour. And I was making 
like seven working for the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I was like, right. oh man, tell me, tell me when and where I'm there. I'm there. I was in high school. You know how much money yeah. that was for a kid in high school? Minimum wage incredible. was like $6. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I took that job. I was helping. I was a laborer. We were doing concrete work. We were putting in curbs and sidewalks for the city. And then we had other earth moving jobs. I was driving a scraper. I was, you know, 17 years old driving a scraper and a loader, mm-hmm. a bobcat. Love it. it was the coolest thing ever. And, you know, then I went to Purdue. Interesting enough, I started in pre vet because okay. I'm, I'm an animal lover. And then I quickly realized that I hate chemistry and I'm not any good at it. And, I didn't uh, like chemistry either. <laughs> <laughs> well, then one of my buddies tells me, He's yeah. like, hey, listen, you should think about uh, this building construction management engineering stuff. He's like, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I, I know that stuff. And mm-hmm. I knew a lot of contractors that did very well. So I made the change. And, you know, I really went from being a construction guy to more of a development guy. And yeah. that's really with Toll. You know, I went from, you know, watching and overseeing sale or uh, construction to, you know, finding parcels of property you know, understanding the highest and best use, understanding the zoning, yep. getting projects entitled, taking them, you know, through the design process, bidding process, and just seeing, you know, large major developments from acquisition to completion on the on behalf of the owner. Yep. No, good stuff. I, I considered going that that route too, but stayed in the uh, construction management world. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I tell you what, Nick, there, there are times where I'm like, you know, it would be nice just to worry about framing and drywall or it'd be just good to, to, to have to worry about plumbing or electric. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on the development side, you've got to worry about everything. Mm-hmm. You've got to worry about insulation and the roof and the green roof and the landscaping and the interior design and the carpet colors and the fixture colors. Yeah. Really, you touch every detail on a project. And for me, that's really exciting, especially on the creative side, because mm-hmm. there's the other part of it. And, you know, we, we worry about the naming and the branding and the logos and the marketing mm-hmm. approach and how we get buyers and renters through our doors. So um, yeah. besides apartments should we build, besides condominiums, like how big are the closets? What are the hardwoods going to look like? It's a lot of fun. Yep, I was involved with a New York developer when I did a uh, mid-rise tower where I was involved with the process of, you know, the, the buyers coming in, you know, helping with, you know, just kind of assisting the developer owner with that process, punch listing and all that. But yeah, when you're dealing with the owners and the buyers, that adds a whole nother uh, element to your, uh, you know, job responsibilities for sure. <laughs> sure does. Sure does. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when, you know, we're, right now we're selling the most expensive real estate in Philadelphia and mm-hmm. we have an obligation to deliver as close to perfect homes as we can. And we're taking that responsibility very seriously. Mm-hmm. Hunter Roberts knows about it. You know, when, you know, you're building really what I call a legacy project, most people never have the ability to work on a project uh, of this caliber. And it's really exciting. And it's going to be here in, you know, 50 years. And I want to be able to take my kids and my grandkids past it and show my project I worked on. Yeah, no, it's awesome stuff, man. I'm going to have to come visit you and check it out. Yeah, I'd love to, love to give you a hard hat tour. They're fun. That would be awesome. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely make a, a point to do it in the coming months. So what do you love most about the industry? What do I love most about the industry? You know, for me, 
it's the creative side, you know, it's being able to come up with a vision for a project and then actually produce it. You know, there's so many industries out there that, you know, there are people that are literally grinding out, you know, either paperwork or numbers or accounting, but when it's all said and done with, you know, what they see is they see an empty inbox, uh, inbox, or they see a successful result on whether it's a trial or a healthy patient. You know, we get to see this magnificent building where once was a parking lot or an open mm-hmm. lot, and that building's going to be there forever. And, you know, thousands and thousands of people get to enjoy it and you create jobs and, um, you know, it's just sort of, you know, rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Every project yeah. is different. Yeah. Every project ha- is, has its own complexities. So it's, it's problem solving all day, every day. Love it. Yep. Days, <laughs> you know, two days are the same. Yeah. I can relate to that, man. It's what I love about it too. So outside of work, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you like to do for hobbies well, the last year I played more golf than I've ever played, you know, you know, that's mainly because I used to, you know, I'm a huge outdoors. Yeah. I like fishing and hiking, camping, you know, a couple of years ago, I hiked the, uh, the Inca trail to Machu Picchu. I've hiked many trails and done camping trips throughout the United States. I love fishing. I'm a, I've got a world record. I've caught the largest world, uh, yellow tail snapper in the world. I really love outdoor stuff. Yeah. I got an injury. I used to rock climb. I sort of had to stop rock climbing because of an injury, but you know, really anything outdoors, mm-hmm. a huge passion for traveling. I haven't hit every continent yet, but I'm, I'm working my way there. I take a lot of vacation. I work on vacation all the time. Like awesome. awesome. I tell people all the time that this job is not a job. It's yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah, And, you know, when you're the conductor of the orchestra, you've got to keep everybody going and they can't sit around and you can't bring a job to a halt waiting for a decision because I'm in Florida golfing. You know, you got to keep people going. And yeah. uh, so between travel and doing stuff outdoors, you know, I love being with my family. I love cooking. I'm, you nice. know, everybody, everybody laughs because like, <laughs> I'm so particular. Like I love good food. It's just like, you know, I have this belief that, you know, you live once, enjoy what you consume. You know, there's people uh-huh. that like mm-hmm. eat because they're hungry. And I think it doesn't require that much more effort to make a really great good, meal. Good meal. Yeah. yeah. Would you yeah. consider yourself a foodie? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You can go to every. It sounds every, like it. <laughs> yeah, you can go to every, you know, great restaurant and city and the manager there probably knows me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, man. When the laurel's done, where do you think you and Southern Land Company are, are heading? Anything else brewing in the city? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised in here. Um, we've got, uh, we actually started the demolition two weeks ago on our next project. Okay. Um, at 1620 Sanson Street, we're, gonna, we're uh, building a 28-story mixed-use high-rise. It's right across from Abe Fisher and Diesengoff, Sanson Street. Okay. Um, between 16 and 16th and 17th. Gorgeous building, approximately 300 apartments, you know, first and second floor restaurant space, two Love levels it. of underground parking. It's great. We're going to be breaking ground. You know, demolition started now. We're going to be 
you know, rolling straight into excavation and construction. So, you know, by August this year, we'll be, we'll have two towers within three blocks of each other. Wow. Um, I've got another project under contract right now that we're in due diligence in another neighborhood in Philadelphia. That'll probably be a 12 story, you know, 300 unit apartment building. Again, nice. mixed use, ground floor, restaurant space. All, you know, all in center and, city, in center city, you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the that, that last one is more of a neighborhood. It's not in the core center city. It's like okay. in a neighborhood, but it's, you know, a lot of the neighborhoods are more popular right now than center city. And mm-hmm. if you ask a person if they want to live in old city or if they rather live in Fishtown or Northern Liberties, I think most people at this point would tell you Northern Liberties and Fishtown. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I think really there's a huge area, let's say between Callow Hill and Spring Garden that's been yet to develop. So I really see that being the next frontier in Philadelphia. Interesting. I really appreciate you coming on today, man. was looking forward to this. And I wanted to end, if, if there's someone that wants to get into construction, what would your advice be for them on how to do so? You know, I, I've spoken with people that want to do, they want to be in construction. And then you, you meet with them and, you know, you, I ask them questions. What motivates you? Is it money? Is it creativity? What do you want from your day to day? Do you want to be on your feet? Do you want to be behind the computer? Do you want to interact with people? And really try to flush out like what motivates them because there are so many different aspects of this business that you can get into from the, you know, realtor side to the design planning side to, you know, architecture, Mm -hmm. mechanical, electrical, plumbing, you know, engineering, civil engineering. Do you want a survey, you know? Or field engineering. There's so many different aspects. And then, yep. then you know, there's the entire like labor side. Yep. There are true craftsmen out there on these jobs. And, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, these guys working in this building are sometimes the biggest artists on the job. You so know? skilled. So skilled. Yep. Yeah. People, a lot of people just don't understand and appreciate it. But when you yep. walk into these buildings and you see, Yep. The ornamental stair systems that the guys welded together or the millwork for entry lobbies or the glazing and the custom chandeliers. There's so many different aspects of the business. So, you know, I, I just encourage them to figure out like what part of that business sounds exciting and what would motivate them and, you know, what they would get out of bed every single day and be happy you know, if you're not going to enjoy what, you, what you're what you going to do every day, you, you need to do something else. Yep. You know, when people complain about their job, it drives me nuts. Yep. You live life one, one time, you know, if you don't like yep. it, what you're doing, you know, make a change. But you got to also realize you're getting paid Yeah. because not every day is going to be rainbows and butterflies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's why you get paid. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid for because <laughs> every day is awesome. You get paid to work through, you know, issues. But, you know, I encourage somebody to, you know, find a resource and talk to as many people as you can and, and, and sort of try to narrow in what would make you happy every single day. Yep. No, great response. 
I appreciate the uh, detail to that. And, and these guys are so skilled, you know, out there. And, and that's what this podcast is about. Like we talked about prior to the recording, I want to show each tradesman, bring a tradesman on and, and, and talk about their skills and what they do day in and day out. And maybe, maybe that'll trigger can trigger something for somebody, you know, that, that show interest in that, but no man, appreciate it. And if anyone wants to get a hold of you, you, you want to share any social media or website information, contact yeah, information? Yeah, you know, um, the, the best way is my email, brian.m. Oh, actually, no, that's my brian.emmons at southernland.com. You know, you can check out our website at uh, thelaurelrittenhouse.com. We have an amazing project there. You know, check it out. We've got a construction cam. You can see our renderings and all the cool videos and stuff that we're putting together there. But Nick, I, you know, I just want to tell you, buddy, you, uh, I'm proud of you. You made the move a lot of people are scared to make, starting your own business. And appreciate you know, that. If you want to create generational wealth and to be happy every day, you know, you can either, yeah. you know, make a living working for somebody else, or you can dive in and you know, put put your success on your own back and carry it through. And yeah. You're doing that and it's exciting stuff and it takes a lot of courage for people to do that. But what you're doing is creative and it's cool and it's, and it's fun. So proud of you. And I just want to congratulate you on that. I really appreciate the words, man. And, and, and really the happiness is what I've been after. You know, I just knew I needed something more. It wasn't about the money. It was something more. And, yeah. uh, you know, I always loved the business, always loved the industry. Uh, and I'm still doing it, you know, yeah. but I, but I needed, I needed an outlet for more creativity and, and to do, do more, you know, and, yeah. and it's been, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride for sure. And I actually remember talking to you before you made the move, but I could tell when our conversations, like you were ready to do something too, yeah. <laughs> when you left Hull. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. you know, 12 years at, at one company's really yeah. unheard of. And, you know, I, yeah. I always prided myself on being a, you know, a, a good employee but yeah after a while you just you know you get to a point where it's you know time to you create you know you mm. know so much money and so much wealth with these sets of skills that you acquire and you can either do it for yourself or you can do it for somebody else so yep yep yeah you know. good stuff brother hey man we got to get together man soon i'd love to love to soon yeah. thanks again and thanks uh, for having me. yeah man and i'll be in touch Sounds good. Talk to you soon. See you, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.